This is episode 21 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to episode 21 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. I'm Ken Hellenius, the Communications Specialist at the Center. As we kick off this second season of our show, we sit down with Pete Labsey, the manager of the Center's Student Formation Program. We chat about his passion for intellectual, spiritual, and human formation, as well as preview our upcoming student pilgrimage to Rome. Let's head into the Marion Short Ethics Library for this week's conversation. program. Oh, thanks for having me, Ken. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from? Grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, just a four-hour drive from South Bend. Um, Grew up in a small town called Brexville in between Cleveland and Akron. Family of five. I'm the youngest of three brothers. Andy and Stefan are my two older brothers. I am now the tallest. (laughs) which in a family where the tallest person is 5'8", is a, is a point of pride. That's right. You're the starting forward. That's right. That's right. We don't have a very good basketball team. <laughs> That's great. Where did you go to school? So I went to the Jesuit prep school, St. Ignatius College Prep in Cleveland, which was a great experience. Had a really robust department of theology, did philosophy, apologetics, um, really an amazing experience. Um, and I think... Um, really instilled in me an appreciation for the value of Catholic education. Um, After that, I went to Loyola University in Chicago. Um, So a a fun fact for any students thinking about applying to Notre Dame, I I did get rejected my first time applying to (laughs) Our Lady's University. Um, Not that Loyola was a backup, but it was was what was next on deck and kind of resonated with my Jesuit background. And had a really wonderful experience there. My freshman year was able to study theology and philosophy. I played a little bit of baseball there, um, but still felt the urge to uh, attend and and be formed here at Notre Dame. And so I I applied to transfer, and uh, this time I was accepted. <laughs> and uh, and so I finished my undergraduate years here at Notre Dame, graduating in 2011 with my bachelor's degree. In what? What did you study? Yeah, I studied theology and philosophy in the Catholic tradition. That was a, a concentration or minor at the time um, that was actually run, for the most part, out of the Center for Ethics and Culture. Uh, Alistair McIntyre was the one who started the program, and it was – also um, directed by John O'Callaghan and Mary Keyes. After college, what did you do? After I graduated from Notre Dame in 2011, I went straight on to graduate school at Boston College. So the prodigal son from the point of view of the Jesuit returns. Um, and I studied higher education. Um, they have, have a really wonderful program out of their Lynch School of Education, which allows um, students who are studying higher ed to focus on matters of Catholic education, uh, particularly in a university context, um, both on the theoretical side, uh, wherein you can read 
authors like Michael Buckley, Charles Taylor, Alistair McIntyre, and get a sense of the intellectual tradition and history that affects the way in which we think about Catholic education today, um, but also had a very pragmatic, practical side of it where you learned how to be an administrator, uh, dare I say maybe at times a bureaucrat. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it was a great combination, a great opportunity for me to take my interests um, from undergrad, which were really informed by Alistair McIntyre's treatment of contemporary universities and Catholic universities and John Henry Newman and the relevance of his thought and apply it to um, the current structures, uh, thinking about uh, what universities look like today and and how theology and the Catholic intellectual tradition can serve as a type of leaven uh, for the way in which universities think about teaching, research, student formation, things like that. So now after you finished your master's there, where did you go? So then from the point of view of the Holy uh, Congregation of Holy Cross, I returned back home. I uh, returned to Notre Dame. There's a tug and pull here. Um, so I was able to intern um, thanks to the generosity and openness of Father Bill Lees, uh and, and Chuck Lamphere, who are in the mission office um, here at Notre Dame that they deal with what they call mission engagement and church affairs. So really looking at the Catholic identity and Holy Cross identity of Notre Dame and thinking about the ways in which institutionally Notre Dame can live in and through that in all its activities, whether it's in administration, teaching, research, um, the way in which we we think about students' experience here on campus. And so I was able to intern with them for for one year. It was an amazing year um, working under the Golden Dome. Um, a great perk or, or gift from that time was um, traveling with the University Board of Trustees to, to Rome um, for uh, one of their semi-annual meetings. And uh, I was able to, to be there for about two weeks with the group. Um, we had mass every day. We prayed every day. Um, there were significant meetings and discussions that took place. Um, and at the end, we actually had an opportunity to, to meet and speak with the Holy Father, uh, wherein Father John, our president, offered a, a few words about um, the way in which we un- understood our role as administrators and leaders in Catholic higher education. And we also received um, words of encouragement and um, challenge from from the Holy Father um, for the ways in which we think about our work as an apostolate, as a, as a work on behalf of the church. And so it was a really wonderful occasion. I was able to meet the Holy Father. I greeted him in, in Ukrainian, and he, he paused, and, and uh, it registered, and he actually responded in Ukrainian, and we shared a laugh, and um, it was an incredibly memorable and, and formative experience for sure. Yeah. Now, f- after your internship, and that, that's a wonderful experience, after your internship, you moved to the Kushwa Center. That's right. That's right. I, I worked with the Kushwa Center for about two years um, in, a, in a coordinating role. Um, the Kushwa Center does just really am- amazing work um, in the history of the Catholic experience in the United States. Um, and even more recently, it's um, kind of widened its breadth to really consider the international component of the American Catholic experience, um, looking specifically in Rome um, and looking at Roman archives and the ways in which those who interface both with the Vatican and and those who are really here on the ground at the fledgling stages um, in the 18th and 19th centuries, the ways in which Rome really did affect the way in which Catholics in America thought about their experience, and I think still do today. Um, So that was a wonderful experience. The Kushwa Center does 
research, they have grant programs, they bring amazing speakers to, to campus. And I think in the spectrum and ecosystem of all things that are Catholic here on campus, they occupy a really important role, uh, especially within the Department of History. Now, you joined the Center for Ethics and Culture just about a year ago in October 2017 to manage our student formation program. Now, the program has grown considerably uh, since you've been at the helm. Uh, Tell us a bit about your work and about what uh, the student formation program looks like here at the Center for Ethics and Culture. Yeah, absolutely. The Soren Fellows Program, as we call it, is exactly that. It's a student formation program for undergraduates and graduate students who – want to be formed in some way uh, throughout their experience here at Notre Dame, St. Mary's, or Holy Cross College by the Catholic intellectual and moral tradition. Um, And that's such a wide um, breadth of disciplinary engagement, of uh, kinds of relationships that are formed during your college years. Um, And so what, what we do in the program is primarily to provide the space for students to develop strong relationships with each other and with faculty members um, really to serve as the foundation for any kind of meaningful engagement with the Catholic intellectual and moral tradition. Uh, it's my belief and I, it, it's, it's the center's belief that, that you know, human persons fundamentally are relational. Uh, we flourish in communities. Um, A very McIntyrean idea. Indeed. The, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, and so really that's, that's at the core of what we do in our student formation program. Um, and it can look as simple as simply having social engagement events, um, having masses and a, a light reception afterwards simply for people to take themselves out of, I think, the rigors of studies and the academic context of Notre Dame and to enjoy each other's company, to come to know and I think love each other um, as as students who are, you know, between 18 and 22 years old, but also for students to come and know and become friends with faculty who are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Um, I think so long as we're doing that um, at the very foundation of, of, of how we think about student formation, um, then the other intellectual, spiritual, and kind of um, skill development programs that, that we, we run through the Soren Fellows Program, then those will flourish. Now, you've alluded to a couple sorts of things that happen for uh, Soren Fellows programs and, and uh, opportunities. What are some of the maybe highlights that you've seen over the past year of, of student projects and maybe internships that, uh, that have come across the pike? Absolutely. One of the most, I think, popular and compelling parts of the Soren Fellows Program is our openness and willingness and enthusiasm um, to fund internships and projects for students who want to engage in some more meaningful way, whether it's over fall break or spring break or certainly over the summertime, projects or initiatives or placements that help them deepen in their understanding and appreciation of the relevance of the Catholic intellectual and moral tradition to their work, to their vocation, um, that it's not something that's restricted to books or to, to theories or to St. Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas or St. John Chrysostom, but rather it's something that's applied and lived. So we've funded in this past year over 100 projects um, for, for students, which is really amazing. And it shows the initiative and enthusiasm of our students. I'm, I'm amazed. Um, there's so much more on top of it than I was when I was an undergrad. But just to give a few examples, um, we have sent students um, regularly to intern with the Pontifical Academy for Life in Rome, which serves as the primary advisory body to Pope Francis on bioethics. 
we've sent um, students to uh, nonprofits on Capitol Hill um, that engage topics uh, such as religious liberty um, for those who are interested in political science, political theory, perhaps entering into the world of politics. We also have received project proposals from students. Uh, This past year, we received project proposals that varied from working with migrants and serving them in Lampedusa to helping indigenous people in New Zealand rebuild certain structures that had been ravished by um, earthquakes. We had a student even um, start a summer camp for at-risk youth through her parish in Detroit. Um, So it's always so amazing and so inspiring in my position to see students' initiative um, to apply the values of their faith, um, the way in which they're formed here on campus and hopefully through the Soren Fellows program and apply it in the real world. And I think that's a great measure and kind of um, a great forecast of the way in which they'll take how they're formed here on campus during their time here and apply it in the real world when they leave. One of the things you mentioned is that the formation program is very much focused on building community uh, and bringing you know, the real world experience of faculty and staff, uh, the students kind of into that. You yourself personally represent, uh, and you made reference to it, you personally bring something different to to your job in that you're an Eastern Catholic, you're a Ukrainian right. Catholic. Um, how do you think that informs your work here in the center? Yeah, I think I breathe most fully here out of anyone else. No, <laughs> um, I've been... I've breathed with both lungs for for my life. Um, that's a great question, Ken. Um, from the very beginning, um, I, well, I was baptized, uh, chrismated, and received first Eucharist in the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Um, so my confirmation hours were zero, um, as opposed to to my <laughs> my friends in my Roman Catholic grade school who had to do their forty hours of service or whatnot. But I, I think above all, it it serves as a witness to students that. The riches of the Catholic intellectual and moral tradition are are not strictly Western, um, though the Western contributions of St. Augustine, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Bonaventure, on and on and on and on, um, are integral um, to the tradition. Uh, they aren't the entire tr- tradition. Uh, St. John Chrysostom, Gregory of, Gregory of Nazianzus um, – Basil. Basil. I mean, really look at the Desert Fathers. Um, I, I think it provides a, a perspective of the kind of universality and, and just the robustness of the church um, that um, though the liturgy may look somewhat different, um, the way in which we pray may sound different, um, the words may not be the same. Uh, in 1054, those words became pretty important. <laughs> Um, but uh, but we've we, we've since cleared the air. Um, but I, I think for the majority of students who are who are Roman Catholic, um, it provides just uh, a little window into uh, the ways in which the Church has lived out her her life here on Earth. Um, and I think especially the witness of of saints who have who have been part of the Eastern Catholic Church. I think widen the imagination for many of our students. I, I can speak f- for myself that uh, they've certainly widened my imagination um, and the riches of, of their in- interior life. Um, I think about Chrysostom's divine liturgy um, and the beauty of the supplication within the liturgy, um, the the grandeur of it, the, the kind of um, the way in which the liturgy makes clear that we're, we're dealing with uh, and adoring 
God Almighty um, uh, is uh, is a really helpful spiritual backbone for for me, and I I hope I, I can share that in the witness of my life with with the students here. Wonderful. Now the center is taking a group of Soren fellows to Rome on pilgrimage during the upcoming Synod of Bishops meeting on young people, the faith, and vocational discernment that that uh, happens throughout most of the month of October. What is the goal of this pilgrimage, and how does it speak to the center's uh, formation program? The goal of the trip is singular. It's to pray together, um, to come to love each other more fully, and to love God more fully. There'll be components of the trip that that look more academic in nature. There'll be tours, there'll be talks, there'll be lectures, there'll be seminars. But primarily, I think we're there to pray, uh, to pray with each other, to pray for the church, to pray for our own fidelity and our own faithfulness. Um, the group of students that we're taking, a, a cohort of undergraduate Soren fellows, are just amazing students. Um, and we've prepared them by having them read the Instrumentum Laboris, the kind of preparatory document for this particular synod. And we hope to give them a voice. Um, at this really important juncture for the church, we want to show the church and the world that Young people see holiness and sanctity not as an ideal to strive for and fall where one may fall, um, short of that, but that sanctity is both a realistic expectation and a desirable goal for young people. And I think that's what you'll see um, with these with these students who are taking is that um, for them – the, the life of faith, especially in, in their discernment of their vocations, is not something that is impersonal, uh, not something that's distant, uh, but something that's deeply relational and deeply attainable. Uh, and in fact, I think um, is the most noble vocation, uh, the, 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 the vocation that, that we all have, the universal call to, to holiness and, and sanctity to, to be saints. And so I hope that above all else in this trip, um, we have the opportunity to pray such that we become better better Christians, better Catholics for one another and for the church. Wonderful. So where does your work go from here, do you think? Are there any gaps in the center's student formation program that you plan to address going forward? And I realize that's one of those interview questions, right? Where do you see yourself in five years? But Absolutely. How about yeah. the center's formation program? Yeah, Um We've grown so much in the last year, and it's most of all a testament to the support of the center and to the initiative of our students. Um, as we've grown, um, our outreach on campus and our presence on campus has has also grown. Um, we have students from every college at the university, both undergraduate and graduate, in every dorm, um, in the vast majority of degree programs. I think an opportunity now for the program is to capitalize on that growth when these students graduate and to develop a really robust alumni network of Catholics who will be at the top of their fields in whatever industry they enter, whether it's law or or business or in academia, um, and to create a kind of pre-built community of of Soren fellows who can rely on one another um, for – support for advice, for collaboration, um, such that their work in the real world outside of the Golden Dome is still informed by the values that that we hold dear, um, that relationships inform everything, um, that uh, the intellect can be nourished by traditions, uh, particularly the church's 
intellectual tradition. Um, that that faith is is not done on the side of of your real life. It's it's the fabric that binds it all together, and that um, as alumni, um, they step up and pay it forward to the next generation of Notre Dame students. So this is my call to all graduate Soren fellows to uh, sponsor our Soren fellows as interns in the <laughs> summer. Um, but I, I do see an opportunity for developing a really robust. Catholic alumni network for Notre Dame, um, such that when when these folks leave campus, um, they don't leave the people and the relationships that were formed here. Um, a second thing that I'm I'm interested in is uh, mentorship while on campus, um, particularly um, between graduate students and undergraduate students, and even upperclassmen who are undergrads to undergraduates who may be freshmen and sophomores. Um, peer to peer mentorship, I find to be um, an opportunity uh, given our growth. Um, I can speak from my experience that when, when I was a sophomore here, I would have really valued a conversation partner once a month who is intentional about his or her faith, who may have been studying the things I was studying, who could just offer his or her experience and perspective on um, life issues. Um, don't worry about this. Pay more attention to that. Come hang out with me tonight. Um I see opportunities for developing really deep friendships between individual fellows um, that serve their formation in a way that perhaps as adults or as administrators, um, I might not be able to. So to provide students the space and resources to develop deep friendships with one another kind of on a one-to-one basis is something that I'm, I'm excited about and hopeful for. What is something you've really enjoyed about being at the Center for Ethics and Culture? The people, period. Exclamation point, not, not a period. Um, I've touted and I, I speak about the role of developing community through our Soren Fellows program for the sake of their formation. There very well may be here a staff formation program uh, that is based on relationships and friendships. The staff of the center um, is uh, – it's a community. Uh, there, there are common values. Um, there are different personalities. There are common values. The one and the many. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these perennial mysteries – Far and away, the most uh, wonderful, enlivening, enriching, most Catholic part of my experience here has been the the way in which people love, um, and I'm I'm the beneficiary of it. But I also hope it's a witness for our students and say this is what a community can can look like, um, even if it's just seven people working together. We preach radical hospitality, and in my first year working here. That's the only thing I've ever received from them. Um, and so, uh, so long as you'll have me, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> well, Pete, thank you very much for your time and uh, keep us updated. We'll, uh, we'll have you back to talk about further developments in the uh, Soren Fellows program. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Ken. Thank you to my colleague, Pete Labsey. Learn more about the Soren Fellows Program and all of the other programming of the Center in the show notes. Subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast so that you can always get the latest episodes by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. We would love your feedback. Please give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts and email your suggestions to cecpodcast at nd.edu. Our theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. 
we'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions. Thank you.